Alright guys, pictures up. Pictures up! Pictures up! That's roll sound. Rolling! Rolling! Sound speeds. Camera speeds. Two. Awesome. Take two. Mark. And action! Welcome to the Penn Cinema Podcast. Your behind-the-curtain connection for movie news and reviews. Now here are your hosts, Penn Ketchum and David Moulton. Welcome to the show. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. What's What's up? up? We're back to our pandemic style. Yeah, we got we got what we got things going on. Schedules, car issues, and Penn's gotta fly all the way on the other side of the country. I'm like, Penn, you don't have to get that far away from me. Like Come on, I'll just hang out at home. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to see each other in person today. <laughs> so, uh, Grandma Robin turns eighty. Congratulations. So I'm out west. Yep, yep. And what I'm, what she wanted more than anything for her birthday is to be near where the creators of the Dune franchise are from. That's true. I understand that. Yeah, woman after yeah, so my own heart. Right, so we're going out to the Pacific Northwest to see if we can bump into the Herbert family. <laughs> can you imagine? Only you wouldn't know anything about who they were or what they looked like. You'd be like, they'd introduce themselves, and, and hours later, you'd be like, wait a minute. Hey, <laughs> wait <laughs> <What>? a minute. <laughs> you guys wrote that book I didn't read. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I, I got a message from Top Ten Sarah this week that said, 172 pages into Dune. I said, hey, congrats. She's like, that's 172 pages further than pen. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. That hurts. That stings just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we actually had news this week. Can you believe that? We have news and um, 17,000 trailers. Oh, my God. So many trailers. And I cut some off. I was like, this isn't worth talking about. Gone. Yeah, and I see a couple that we can skim over. <sighs> yeah, probably. And I have an easy trailer of the week, and a, and a, an easy trailer of the week, and a new contender for my most anticipated movie for the rest of the year. Really? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, let's start things off with some big news about a movie no one cares about: Furiosa, <laughs> the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road about. Charlize Theron's character, Furiosa, has officially begun. How so excited for this? Mad Max Fury Road was the prequel to Mad Max, right? It, no, it was just a Mad Max movie. Oh, okay. Not, it was not connected, as, if okay. I remember correctly. So it's not the same guy. All right. Well, in that case, this makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to me, this is like, I, here's the thing. When I was little, I loved Mad Max. I thought it was all kinds of cool. I mean, they wore the football shoulder pads, and they had the weird weapons, and they, <laughs> they had the cars that were all jacked up, and they had that weird guy with the teeth. And it was, like, cool. And, and like, I was, I think I was, like, maybe too young to appreciate it as, like, a movie per se, but um, I just thought it was super cool. And then, like, this, the new Mad Max, Fury Road, like – I didn't get the hype, but people went crazy for it. Yeah, I am right there with you. People love, they, they still talk about this movie. And I remember watching and be like, nobody will ever talk about this. This is dumb. 
Like, like whatever. Right. Like, I just, like. I, like, it was fine. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it, but I'm not going to ever watch it or spend right. any time on it again. But every, and then I, there was people seeing it, like, three or four times in a row. And right. I'm like, wait, what? Why? Like, why? No, you're, you're right. People went crazy for this. I don't know why. You don't know why. And if, if the, the brain power, the brain trust of the Penn Cinema podcast can't figure it out, then it's probably one of those life's mysteries that will never be resolved. Nobody will ever solve it. It'll right. be like, yeah. So with that being said, with that being said, my question is like, or not my question, but my opinion is that Furiosa could be like a big movie. It could. That's the thing. I was poo-pooing on it, but honestly, if they can successfully grasp the height of Mad Max Fury Road, right? People, people will see it, especially if they do a re-release of Mad Max Fury Road, like right before it. People are going to go, the people who love Fury Road are going to be all over this. And that yeah. is a lot of people. Yeah. And, and people love Charlie, Charlize Theron. But she's not playing the lead, though. Oh, she's not? No, I think maybe, let me look it up here well, since I'm at the computer, but I think that it might be Anna Joy Taylor. Hmm. Well, she's pretty amazing, too. Yes. It's Anna Joy, Anna Joy Taylor is going to be playing Young Furious. And I love her, so I think that she's... She can rock a role like that for sure. Yeah. A power role. It's a Chris Hemsworth yeah. in it as well. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. They're going to nuke him in that movie. Huh. Duke Nukem. Duke? Uh, yeah. Now, Pat, uh, are you familiar uh, with Duke Nukem? Uh, totally. Of course I am. I know. What would be a line that he might say? He might say, hiya. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I even put it in there to give you a hand. Wait, wait, wait. Um, oh, <laughs> wait, wait, all right, try, try me again. What? Okay. Uh, uh, what? What kind of line would would he say? Well, what you mean, like his his famous uh, "It's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum" line. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, you did I'm it. All about Duke. Yeah, yeah. I think I figured you would. Um, See, I only I only read the beginning of the notes. Yeah, that's all you need, to, just to get a segue and then move on. Yeah. So, are you familiar with Duke Nukem at all? No, not at all. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 vaguely familiar with Cobra Kai. Okay, so it's the same people who did Cobra Kai are making this movie, and uh, I'm seeing if I can find that uh, that line for you. But he, he was like an analogam of, uh, like, Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger and, like, all the big heroes at the time, like, over the top. And you have to let me know if you can hear this. Um. Nope. Okay. Well, uh, I was trying to get the, volume, the, the sound from it, but... Um, Anyway, he just had a lot, like a lot of lines. He was very like classical uh, '90s machoism, just like it's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Or, or like he said, like oh yeah, he just had a lot of one-liners. And and at the time, it was like it was like Doom or Quake or whatever. But then yeah. it also had like you, you know you turn the corner and there'd be pixelated skimpy women on the wall. So teenage mm. boys were like. Bleh! <laughs> you, know? And, you know, all my buddies and I were like, yeah, man, you turn on the the, the, the nudity option. <laughs> like, yeah, it was the stupid boy thing. I don't know how relevant it is these days. <laughs> like, why make a movie of it now? But 
Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty uh, inconsistent with with where we're where we where we're at. Yeah, I mean, they could drop that part and just make him super machoism. Yeah, I guess a good a good um, counter for him would have been Peacemaker. Like, if, they, if I would imagine if they would make a movie, it'd be similar to how like Peacemaker's kind of like an oblivious dickhead, like strongman. Right, right. And unfortunately, John Cena's already, or not John, John, yeah, but he could have played, uh, he could have played Duke Nukem as well. Yeah, to me, this, I don't know, you know, sometimes these movies sneak up on you and they end up being big movies, but it feels like this is sort of a little paycheck type of movie. Yeah. It's funny that they're making it, but I don't think that it has legs. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine, I can't imagine that in... You know, we're talking about how how you know they're making it now. Maybe we'll talk about like who's directing it, who's cast. And about halfway through production, or like Netflix has bought the rights to right. Duke Nukem. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised by that. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know who does make actual movies? Who's that? Jerry Bruckheimer. Whoa. My dude. My dude has an impressive track record. Yeah. I would like this is a guy that I think it would be interesting. I would like to have lunch with him. I bet you his position on the movie business is uh consistent with our position. Yeah. Like I'll bet you he hates what you just said about Duke Nukem getting bought by Netflix. Oh yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like like that's like I feel like this is a real theatrical guy who makes real movies to play in real movie theaters. Yeah. Not not to be turned into TV shows. But anyway, what he's not going to make, apparently, is a sequel to Top Gun Maverick. Ever? Or what? What's up with that? Well, I mean, from what I hear from the Penn Cinema podcast is that he seems pretty content to ride the wave and does not currently have a uh, Maverick sequel in the works. Yeah. yeah Even though this movie is – so we're in our third week and obviously Jurassic World was the number one movie. But Top Gun – is huge. huge. I mean, it's still still huge. Yeah. So many people I talk to are like, oh, I loved it so much. Sometimes when we have a big movie like Jurassic World, I always make the joke like, oh, I forget that we're playing any other movie. Um, but the way the theater feels right now, it feels like we're playing Jurassic World and Top Gun. That's it. Like, yeah. they're like everybody – like a, Sometimes I could see like my regulars and I'm like, oh, you're in for Jurassic World. And this weekend uh, when I bumped into some people, I I had to ask them, you know, because at first I was like, oh, you're here for Jurassic World. You're going to love it. And they were like, oh, no, man, we're seeing Top Gun. Mm, Wow. I was walking walking into uh, Theater 4 and I looked across at Theater 1 and saw uh, everything everywhere all at once. And I just thought, such a good movie, but I bet nobody's in there. Yeah, everybody's in the other two big ones. Here's the deal with that movie, as long as we're talking about it, because I know it has fans that listen to the Pennsylvania podcast. That movie is going to hang on for another week. So the week that starts December, December, the week that starts June 17th, it will still be here. So it's probably going to play all the way through the 23rd of June. So one show a day. If you want to see it, you have until pretty much the end of the month. Wow. But it, it's doing pretty good for having one. You know, it's, it's not doing good enough to play clean, but it has one show a day. And that one show is generating some business. Such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, don't miss this opportunity. The uh, movie that is that that did nothing and it still has one show a day and then it's going to be done 
after a couple days from now is Crimes of the Future. Ooh, we have a review review of that. We do. We'll, we'll get to that yeah. later. Jason Jason came in and saw it. Um, that's one that uh, like it had it had some extra shows, and then right when I got in on to the weekend, I went in and started deleting extra shows and adding more shows at Top Gun. Now, apparently, you thought I saw this movie. I did. Yeah, because uh, Goonies Jason reached out to me, and he's like. I was thinking of seeing it. What did you think? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it. He said, Penn said you, you saw it. And I was like, maybe, I, maybe you're getting confused with men. I saw men and hated it. That's I, you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yes. Cause he's like, you said you hated it. And I was like, I hated men. <laughs> like, that's ex- <laughs> yeah. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly yeah. what happened. And I remember the conversation with Jason and everything that you said about men I share. I I I told Jason and attributed it to your screening of Crimes of the Future because <laughs> <laughs> they both look like body I mean, it's body horror or whatever, so I can understand right. the the correlation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so on other news with Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, he might not be making any more Top Gun right now, but National Treasure still has some gems hidden out there. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a series coming for Disney Plus. <laughs> Which is I whatever. see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Has some gems hidden out there. Yeah, yeah, it's a national treasure for <laughs> sure, right? Not just like this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real national treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, other than the Disney Disney Plus show, which has already gotten into the news, he says that they're working on a potential next movie. However, Nick Cage has not confirmed. There's been no confirmed Nick Cage involvement in either project. So, it might what was the name of that movie where he just played himself? Uh, the unbearable weight of massive, massive talent. talent. Yeah, yeah. Which was perfect. I, I I hope there's another National Treasure movie. I hope Nick Cage stars in it. But I think the concept behind the franchise. First of all, it's a perfect concept for a TV show. Yeah. So you know, Disney wants to make a series. That's like you can just see. You can just totally see how that would go. And I think this is kind of similar to Marvel. Like. <clears throat> I'd love to see National Treasure have a series on Disney Plus with Jerry Bruckheimer behind it and then have that tie in to a feature film, you know, some number of years down the road. And in that scenario, it doesn't have to have Nick Cage. It can be whoever's, you know, on the TV side. Right. Right. I think this is the type of series that can go on without the lead role or maybe even have him show up occasionally or whatever. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Also, speaking of that. Yeah. Uh, we have a great listener note about we talked about like people who are in iconic roles and they're known f- and then you name like a, a completely random movie. Yeah, Joel Codes. I'm not going to give it away. Yeah, got We're going to cover it in listener notes. But this guy hit it out of the park because <laughs> when you said like a, a movie that can't go on without its lead role, I kind of feel like Indiana Jones is the perfect example of like a franchise that kind of has to die. Like, I don't, it could have, but I yeah. feel like they missed their chance. I don't know. I guess maybe they could reboot it, but um, I, I feel like that's a tough one without Harrison Ford because it's all about the main character, whereas National Treasure is more like a concept, like there's, right. a, you know, a, a universe. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Thunderbolts. Are you familiar with the theme of the Thunderbolts? I'm, I'm thinking Absolutely. not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's I, like I, the sequel to Lightning. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's first thunder, then the thunderbolts. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
they're moving forward with the movie for Thunderbolts, and this is Marvel. Um, they plan to shoot next year with Jake Schreer set to direct. Now, sure. Schreer. Jake Schreer. That's what it sounds like when you sit down. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I didn't know if you were naming the director or sitting on a cat. Why? <laughs> Both. Both, actually. I looked this guy up, and he apparently did Paper Towns. That's the only thing I recognized. I actually love that movie. That was yeah. a great movie. I didn't get to see it, but I really like uh, John Green. So, Do you know why they, what they call Paper Towns? Paper Towns are towns on a map that in the old days – Map makers used to put them on maps. They didn't exist. Oh. Like the, the town didn't exist, but a map maker would put the town on the map as a way of almost like um, like a watermark on his or her map so that if somebody else like stole the map, they would know that it was like there. It was almost like an early pre-copyright you know, type of protection thing. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Oh, it's super cool. The the movie is is a great great movie. I mean, it's a it's a sort of generic coming of age movie, but it's really well done. I have the and, book, but I never read it. Yeah, no, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Um. Anyway, but, but now wait a minute. Now that we're done making fun of uh, Jake the cat, um, what is Thunderbolts? So superheroes? Thunderbolts? Or? Yeah, but not superheroes. Think Suicide Squad. It's Marvel Suicide Squad. Okay. So it's like, uh, so what we think we're going to be seeing, because they kind of have been building up to it in the background uh, mm-hmm. with Julia Roberts' character recruiting all of the, like, second-rate and semi-villain mm-hmm. people. So you're going to have, like, uh, Yelena, Black Widow's sister. Um, what was this? The guy who was, like, Cap- Captain America in Winter Soldier and Captain okay. America? What was his name? Um U.S. Soldier, uh, Baron Mordo, um, okay. like Taskmaster, all the like semi-villain anti-hero guys that have been in the background that aren't mm-hmm. top rate. Like they get recruited by the government to go on like uh, shit missions where mm-hmm. they probably die or where the objective is questionably good or bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're called the Thunderbolts. And uh, similarly to uh, Suicide Squad, in the comics, they had I think they have like bombs in their head or something to, to blow up. You know, if they go if they go rogue, don't so, we all, David? Don't we all? But like don't usually, like in, in the like the Thunderbolts, like they have uh, in the past pretended to be the Avengers. Like there's like uh, oh. someone pretending to be Iron Man, someone who looks like Wolverine that's not really Wolverine, like just enough to if you if you didn't know the characters, like they could be like, oh my gosh, that was Wolverine. So, uh, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be, I mean, yeah. I, I like the idea. I think it's time for something, something like that. So, yeah, I think first of all, great. Second of all, sounds like fun. Third of all, Marvel. I mean, yeah. they don't, they don't make mistakes. I mean, not Austin. We saw Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't so great. All right. Well, you know what is a classic? One of our favorite, most consistently reliable. Like we, when we bring back classic movies, especially like in the summertime, and yeah. especially in the drive-in, but just in general, ever since we've been open, a classic. I believe 1975 is when Jaws came out, and every time we run Jaws, it always gets an audience. So now I'm actually like, 
sometimes I, I would get annoyed by a headline like this, but I actually think this is really going to be fun. IMAX has announced that they are re-releasing Jaws and E.T. the Extraterrestrial in IMAX re-releases this fall. Really? Well, yeah. It's funny because just last night, the it's Amblin, right? That has the yep. yeah. has yep. the E.T. And the and I was like, does it even really look like E.T. in the basket anymore? And I was thinking about it, I was like, how many people in this theater know that that's right. E.T.? Right. Like, who who knows that anymore? It's such a far removed. But at the time, it was such a big thing that a company chose to make it their like symbol. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So, are you? Would you come out and see either of those movies in IMAX? No. I would. I I absolutely would. Really? Well, I mean, I don't have the nostalgia like connection to them. You know. I saw them. I didn't see them really much when I was a kid. It was I saw them when I was calling old. me old. I'm calling you well versed. Classic. Is that a corner that I'm in? Oh, my back. I hit something with my back. <laughs> I didn't. I'm, I'm not old enough to have seen Jaws in the theater, but I am old enough. I saw E.T. the summer that it came out. I'll never forget it. I was a little kid. I was like a young teenager. And it was a big, big deal. And I don't know how many times I saw it that summer, but I saw it a, a bunch and absolutely loved it. And you're right. I do have nostalgia for it. And Jaws is now I grew up watching Jaws on VHS, like, yeah. you know, somebody somewhere. I don't even know how, but we ended up with a copy of it in the house. And um, yeah, I mean, Jaws, I think is is just it's one of those movies like you can watch it again and again. And here's something I'll tell the listeners. If you've never like I think a lot of people who listen to this show have come to the theater and seen classics. I'm just kind of guessing that that might be overlap. But if you have a favorite movie like Jaws or The Godfather or Extraterrestrial or any of these sort of time Casablanca, Breakfast at Tiffany's, any of these sort of super iconic movies that you've seen at home a thousand times and you're like, oh, I've seen this movie a hundred times. You come and watch this movie and I don't think it's hyperbole to say that if you watch this movie on the big screen, you feel like you're watching it for the very first time. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it's a it's a different experience. It's a totally different. The sound, the environment, the details in the set, you yeah. know, and the the costumes on the characters and their facial, like everything about it. You you I I will never forget the first time I watched a classic on the big screen. I felt like I was watching a different movie. And the thing is, like. Once you see it on the big screen, every time you remember that movie, the the version in your head you'll remember is the screen, the big screen version. Right, right. Like I remember, the first time I saw Dune was in a movie theater. The one that came out last year. Yeah, December of twenty twenty one. I was yeah. just a kid. I was like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Like early fifties. Yeah, I was crazy. super young. People yeah. were like just at the beginning. Of, right. of his life, really, honestly. <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> just, so, just so we're clear, like, I'm just now 51 years old, just starting to figure shit out. You know, he jokes, but 
when we were talking about recording this week, and I was like, well, what time do you want to start? You've got to leave by, you know, two or whatever. And he's like, well, I'll let you know. I, I sometimes have to run for six hours on Sunday morning. Six hours of running. Biking, but yeah, six hours combined. I did. I did. A, I had a five and a half hour break, five hours on the bike. And then you hop off quick and ran for a half an hour. But anyway, I'm excited for Jaws and Extraterrestrial or ET. Uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, to come out in IMAX. I feel like some people, some cynical people would look at this as a money grab and maybe it is, but I don't even care because I'm excited to see both of them on the big screen. And I tell you, I know who's going to be sitting next to me when I watch Jaws in IMAX. It's going to be the mystery gobble. Oh, snap. Yeah. The mystery gobble. Yep. It's going to be fun. Well, get this. Our last news is probably the biggest news this yeah. week. Uh, the Joker 2 is in the works. What? Yeah. I mean, a movie that doesn't need a sequel right. is probably getting a sequel. Didn't they do a, didn't they make a big thing? Now, I'm not saying I'm against a sequel. I'm I'm for a sequel. But when they released the Joker, didn't they sort of make a big thing about how um oh this is a standalone film, we're not starting a franchise, like they did. Didn't they yeah. Mm-hmm. They did make a big deal about that. However, I kind of like the idea of this. Like, I, I don't, love it. I, I didn't need more, but okay. So the script is titled Joker. I'm going to try and pronounce this. It's French. Folie adieu. Folie adieu. Folie adieu. Folie adieu. And it's a French term that returns, r- refers to a madness shared by two and is a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. The same syndrome may be shared by three, four, or even groups of people. And I love this because one of the things about the Joker and and how he like kind of almost creates new villains uh, in the the Batman mythos is just right. great. Like I love like I love them playing around with the idea of. The idea of like not just Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn's a, a, a you know a good but there are many not like um, Im- like people who imitate him or or someone he's around like he just that was one of the one of the powers of the Joker that they always talk about is how he can twist the mind of the people around him and yeah uh, yeah I think that uh, I think that this is a great idea I mean it's kind of sucky it's not in Batman's universe but however. They could be like, oh, he passed the delusion down to the new Joker or whatever. Mm. Uh, Joker's like a moniker that gets passed on or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's really relatable. Some might even say, you know, they might even equate it to something you know. Wouldn't you say, Penn? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i printing up new t-shirts as we speak. Oh, yeah, and it yeah. says, <laughs> the Penn podcast, Folie Adieu. <laughs> the, the French term refers to a madness shared by two. If that doesn't describe our relationship, <laughs> then God help us. I don't know what does. <laughs> I love the fact here. I'm going to do this here. Google Docs is saying that we need, because we put that down there, this needs to be corrected to cinema with a thing above the E. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cinema. <laughs> cinema. Yeah. The Pen Cinema podcast Folie Adieu. Yeah. And uh Todd Phillips, 
excited to have him uh, see what sort of what, what he wants to do with this. And uh, yeah. hopefully Joaquin Phoenix will uh, yeah, obviously they, there's a picture. I of shouldn't Joaquin. say hopefully because obviously he will. Yeah, there's um, a picture of him reading the script. So he's I think it's hard to. um how do I put this? This the original Joker that came out in 2019. It sort of had a vibe of like, um, uh, how do I put this? It it wasn't it 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 was very clearly not a superhero movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was rated R. It was dark, and it was going for Oscars. You know right. what I mean? It wanted like it wanted like serious. It wanted to be taken seriously. And and they achieved that, and it was an incredible success. Um, I think it's going to be hard. It's always hard to have a sequel. Once you get into sequels, um, I mean, they did it with Godfather, so I guess you know that's a good example. But once you get into sequels, it's hard to say like, oh, this isn't a franchise. You know, now you're into like franchise territory. But it's going to be a huge success. And are, is Todd uh, Todd Phillips directing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh- yeah, I'm I'm there for it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, you ready to move on to trailers? Please. Okay. All right. This week we have a bajillion trailers. Well, Come we have on. a bajillion trailers, but we have one, two, three, four, five, six legit trailers, okay. and then a bunch of wannabes. Okay. All right. You want to start us off? What do you want to see? Well, I mean, might as well start with the most high high profile trailer, which for me was not my trailer of the week, although it was clearly the trailer that people were talking about. This is Dwayne Johnson starring as Black Adam. Um, is this our first full trailer? I feel like we've seen trailers for this. This is the first trailer. First anything? First, really? No, because we've seen a teaser. I know we saw a teaser. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. At the, like, under the dome or whatever they call it. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So this is the first legit trailer. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was good. I liked the trailer. It's not my trailer of the week, but I thought it was like good. Like okay. I had what did a lot. Of, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> not okay. no. I think it looks good. I yeah. I thought this was going to be an origin story mostly based in right. the past. So I was shocked that it seems to be based in the in the future, current times, like. It doesn't look like the normal Earth from the rest of the universe that DC has created, but it's like supposed to be a pre-Justice League because it's the Justice Society, right? But then I was also excited to see that they're not going to skew too far from Black Adams, like how he's a bad guy. So I'm wondering how much of that will actually be in it, like the fact that he stole his powers by killing his son. Or the you know they talk about how he kills people and it's like I wonder how much of that's gonna be like really brought forth in this movie that he's not a good guy, but yeah. uh, the look of it is great. I liked the look of the Justice Society. They look great. Um, I used to have a toy of uh, I can't even think of his name. Falcon is what I want to call it, but it's not that. It's uh, anyway the guy with the wings that's that's in the movie. I used to have his toy, but I didn't know who he was as a kid. <laughs> My favorite toys, um, but yeah, uh, I'm 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 way more into this than I thought I would be. Huh? So this is definitely my second trailer of the week. 
right. Well, I know what wasn't your trailer of the week was Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, trailer two. My question is, Ben, yes, this is David. the second trailer for this movie, but right. the first time we've heard about it. Right. Right. <laughs> what? Hmm. Huh? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. How does that work? Maybe if one of us was, like, legit officially in the movie business. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, what? Huh? But, I mean, did you know this was a thing? I did not. Wait. I knew about the movie. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What I'm okay. I totally knew about the movie. Hundred percent. It's on the calendar, and I'll I'll make a comment about that in a second. Okay. What I was joking about is I never saw a first trailer come out. Right. Like, how yeah, are yeah, we yeah. already on trailer two when I never saw a first trailer? Right. Yeah. Right. No, I. This movie clearly is on the radar. Um, I knew it was coming. I will say, and I I kind of hate to repeat this because I like. I like the studio, but um, this this movie is not um, well respected in the movie business. People are sort of writing it off as a filler. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. What, who is this? DreamWorks or who is it? Yeah, I think it's Warner Brothers. Okay, this movie or Paramount. It might be Paramount. At the beginning of the jokes, I was like, these jokes seem a little higher brow than the age bracket of the animation. I was like, it's a little bit more because it's a lot of balls and 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 butt jokes, right? You know, people, and I'm like, this is a little bit more. And then the fart jokes came in. I was like, okay, the audience is clearly nine, like right, like nine to eleven boys, and they're not playing around. Like that's what they want with this audience, and that's what it's going to appeal to, and nobody else. Uh, yeah, you know what I didn't like about it, and this is like just being picky and like. I'm sure they debated whether or not to leave this in there, but the main uh, like mentor guy is played by Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. There's a lot of big names in this, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the cast looks amazing. And maybe the movie's better than what we think it's going to be, but... It's not. They have him... You know how Samuel L. Jackson's, like, you know, classic tagline is, like, the MF word, yeah. right? And they have him say that in the movie as the bad or not the bad guy as the mentor. And he's like, what the mother father poodle dog is this, you know, something like that, you know? And it's like funny. I I think it's intended to be funny for those of us who know Samuel L. Jackson from his R rated movies. And obviously like, you know, they hope that it'd be funny for the kids for different reasons, but the whole movie just felt like a little bit rushed. The animation doesn't look great. Like it kind of looks like a cheap version of Kung Fu Panda. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we had Nope's final trailer. This is also not my trailer of the week, but a close second. I thought this was incredible. This is a fabulous trailer, but I wish I hadn't seen it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. hear you. It just it gives away. It doesn't give. I don't think it gives away anything. But it's like Nope had so much mystery around it, and this took right. a small amount of that mystery away. Not right. in a bad way, not like it's not nothing bad, just, you know, I don't know. O- overexposure is, is what I'm thinking. Perfect. Yeah. Um, the Munsters teaser came out. Yeah. Now, you know what I found most in this is Rob Zombie's take on the classic uh, TV show, The Munsters. Yeah. And as you know, The Munsters was a TV show that was in black and white because it was on TV before they had color. 
And this movie, like, sort of makes it, – it works into the trailer how the movie's actually going to be in color. Yeah. And this was just a teaser trailer. But you know what I found most interesting about this that actually made me excited for this movie? The movie's going to be rated PG. Yeah. Yeah. Not PG-13 and not R. So Rob Zombie is making a kid's movie with, I think, like, I, I just, to me, I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, okay, maybe, I don't know. But if this is going to be a kid's movie, so they're going to try to come to an audience fresh that, you know, kids don't know anything about the TV show. I, I'm on board. Like, I think that's a smart move. I think that's a good plan. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. I think that this looks like it, it could be a success in what it's going for. I do like how there's the big buildup of like, this is the movie, the monsters, and they, you know, them walking out of the door and everything. Yeah. This isn't living color. And then they're just sitting there and they're just like, well, now what? Yeah. Like, like what more do you need? Like, yeah. it's the monsters movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was perfect teaser trailer because it gives you a sense of what the movie's going to look like. Yeah. And what it's going to feel like, but obviously it doesn't give you anything about the plot or what universe they're living in or modern times or anything. Yeah. Now we skipped over a trailer here that I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah. But is not coming to movies, which just baffles my mind. The yeah. movie Prey. Did you watch this one? I did. I, this is a Predator movie that looks great and i don't remember the last time i said a predator movie looks great uh it's it's you know it's it's colony times mostly based around indians fighting a predator and female lead uh looks great uh, i mean but it's not coming to movies it's going to hulu uh, which says one of two things either a it's not as good as it looks or or b i, I don't know it just it's just crazy to me yeah, I I I don't know what to make of it. I it's a it's a twentieth century title, which confuses me a little bit. Like, why isn't that being dropped on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Well, it's Does Disney too- own Hulu now? Yeah, because it yeah they put all the like more adult stuff on Hulu. Yeah, so I think that you know the fact that it's a 20th century title instead of a Disney title kind of makes me feel like maybe Disney inherited it and didn't know what to do with it, and they were like, "Hey, let's just stick it on Hulu and be done with it." Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. All right, my trailer of the week. Easily, I am so hyped for this movie. I can't sit still. Talking about the second trailer for Brad Pitt starring with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. With um, what do you call that haircut? Um, where it's short in the back, short Bob? in the front, long in the back. Oh, uh, mullet. Yeah, she got a. It looks like she's got a mullet. I was like, who is that? Oh my god, that's Sandra Bullock. Um, he stars with a great cast in a movie that comes out in August called Bullet Train. This trailer is great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What'd you think of it? This is my trailer of the week too. Yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing. Uh. We watch a lot of trailers, of course, as you know, right? And it's not often anymore that I will see a trailer for the first time in the theater. Because mm. something that people might not realize is that new trailers kind of lag behind. They don't – it used to be they would be in the theater and then they'd go online. Now they're online right. for like a month and then they finally make it to the theater or whatever. Right. But last night, Jurassic World, this was on the, this was on the – the previews and uh it was really cool to see 
a new trailer on the screen like that for something that I was excited about, you know? Yeah. And kind of like what we were saying about the classics, like these trailers look better on the big screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this movie. I think this looks fantastic. Yeah. I just can't get enough of Brad Pitt. He's, he's one of my favorites and And it looks like he's really on his game in this movie. So dreamy too, right? Oh my God. (laughs) I, I told you about my tuxedo, right? Whenever I put on, whenever I put on my tuxedo, I imagine that I look like I could fit right in with Brad Pitt and George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) That is so true. I'm always like, it'd be hard to tell the three of us apart. Is that who's who is that over there? First of all, is that Brad Pitt? I get a little closer now. It must be George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, it's Penn. Oh shit, it's Penn. Yeah, I I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to do a double billing here on these next two throwaway trailers. Let's do that. Okay, next exit, which this one surprised me. It stars Karen Gillan, who was like on her prime doing big stuff, and now all of a sudden she's doing small movies. Now, maybe she did these a while ago. Pandemic held them from coming out. I don't know, but this is crazy about uh, bridging the gap between life and death, kind of a semi-horror type of whatever movie. And we'll follow that up with another movie called She Will, which is about a girl who is cursed or something. And when she falls asleep, she becomes a Freddy Cougar type character. Also a throwaway thing. Yeah. 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 And I'm not convinced that either of these movies, I know that they're not coming to Penn Cinema. I'm not really convinced that they're going to get a true theatrical release. I wonder if they're going to get like a four wall booking and then go to video on demand a week later. Yeah. Yeah. What's this next one we have here? The last trailer of the week will 100%. Um, oh, it's not. It's almost the last trailer of the week. Um, this will get a theatrical booking. I think this is going to be big. I feel like if the if the studio hypes it up enough, the Hunger Games was one of our biggest franchises. When I look back on the history of Penn Cinema and I sort of think about franchises where we were – crazy all weekend you know with like people coming out and costumes and of course you have the marvel movies and you have the star wars and um harry potter i think those are your top three franchises but i also think about pirates of the caribbean uh twilight but the big the the biggest of the second tier is hunger games Mm -hmm. and now we have uh the prequel the first of the prequels um it's called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. To me, this trailer was like whatever. It seemed like more just a, a um, almost like an ex- yeah, almost like an extended announcement, or I was going to say advertisement, but yeah, an announcement says the same. I mean, it was cool looking, you know, and it was kind of neat, but it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I think um, I'm right there with you. This 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 movie has a ton of potential. But it also has a ton of potential to fail, uh, and it all—it's all going to hinge on the first trailer, because I think Hunger Games were huge. But what happened is Hunger Games were so huge, a genre spun off of movies, and mm. that kind of burnt people out, like that young adult hero, yeah. hero movie, like Dystopian Future, and those franchises all all crashed and burned, and um, so to get people back in, they're going to need. They're going to need to come out strong. They can't just come out on, oh, this was, you know, it's connected to the Hunger Games. Here's what they need to do. And I don't know if they can, because I don't know how it works in Hollywood. 
somebody behind this movie needs to study and learn from the mistakes that the Harry Potter franchise made yeah. with trying to do their prequels. Because the Harry Potter fr- franchise on its own is one of the all-time franchises, period. The prequels, the Fantastic Beasts shows, have been lacking. Yeah. I think they they brought people out strong, real hard, with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And that turned out to just be mediocre, and it kind of like right. didn't go very well from there. Um, right. But So our last trailer here this week is um, for Thorth, Love and Thunder, trailer three. Uh, this is a very, very, very short trailer. It just The only thing really new in it is they show a little bit more of the Guardians of the Galaxy, a couple lines from Rocket Raccoon. But the whole reason for this trailer is to announce that tickets go on sale on Monday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. So when you're listening to this, tickets will be on sale. So. Unless, unless you're listening to it next week. That's true. Well, no, or last week. will still be on sale. By the time you're listening to it, tickets went on sale last week. Yeah. Or tomorrow. Or if you're watching it. Yeah. If you're watching it live, they go on sale tomorrow. Right. Right. There's, right. And we have a studio audience. Of if guests. you're watching it right now, those of you here in my studio. Yeah. So, Cora Padmore, if you want tickets, let me know. It's, you know, Padmore. <laughs> you, know you, you two cats want, want tickets. So, all right, let's move on to our movie review this week. You ready for this? I am. We watched Jurassic World Dominion, the prequel to everyone's favorite movie, Fast and Furious 11. (laughs) (laughs) The Race to Extinction. The Race to Extinction. (laughs) Uh, Pen, tell me about this movie. What do you think? Let's just just say spoilers ahoy, because I think this movie is... Well, I, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So that's my initial thing. Spoilers from here on out after you say if you liked it or not. Um, I loved it. Mike, I'm trying to think when you said spoilers, like I don't really know what there was no like surprise announcements. There was no, no surprise. Some people will be like, oh, I didn't need to know that this character meant that character. Or, yeah, 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 or, yeah. Know. So I loved it. I absolutely I thought they nailed it. Um I think there's going to be another sequel, even though this this movie was billed as the epic conclusion, uh, you know, to the Jurassic Park uh, story. But I I think this I think there's room for all the main six characters, six or seven or five or however you want to count those guys. Um, I would love to see this group, you know, come together again for some other crazy reason. Um, I'll tell you what struck me most about this movie: two things that just came at me and came at me and came at me. One, the whole movie plays like a climate change uh, warning. Yeah. Like the whole, like I, I just like, maybe that's the lens that I brought to it or whatever. But like when they start out talking about, you know, not taking care of the earth and the locusts and, and all that kind of stuff, like it just felt to me like a climate change story and then now call me crazy, but the way they were treating the dinosaurs like in the markets when they were showing like black market, you know, that type of stuff, it really pulled at the heartstrings. So I would say it was an animal, it was a climate change movie and 
also like kind of an animal rights movie, like be kind to your dog, like type of thing. Like, um, I'm not going to go so far as to say it was, it was like, uh, I don't think it had an agenda per se, but clearly like how we treat, how we interact with nature was the big theme throughout the entire thing. And the consequences of not interacting well, not only with the, with the climate, with the planet itself, but then also with the other animals that we share the planet with. I thought that was really interesting themes throughout the movie. With that being said, more important than that, I found the whole thing incredibly entertaining. I felt like the pace moved really well. At no point was I like, like, ugh, you know, hurry it up. Like I loved how they f- sort of swapped back and forth between the um, Sam Neill plot and the Chris Pratt plot. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I mean, not to interrupt, but I I feel like that was one of the strongest parts of the movie that there were two plot lines that were both very interesting. Yeah. Instead of before and, and, and and you knew eventually they were going to come together and they do, but they were both good enough and paced well enough on their own that you, didn't mind the switching like just when you know maybe you'd start to be kind of apathetic you know you'd spend too long with one they'd switch over to the other side and it worked really well where i think in the past you had two plot lines of like you know two people trying to do the same thing escape the park you know what i mean and it's like okay i get it they're both trying to escape the park the the stakes are the same well this was different it was like one group of people chasing after a kidnapped kid and another group of people sneaking into a facility for like, and it was just different and different enough yeah. that it was, that it was very interesting. I also right. re- really like that. Like the premise wasn't necessarily like the other movies escape from a park, like a, something gone wrong. It was more about, you know, a kidnapping and the treatment of the dinosaurs. And then as well as, um, uh, as well as, like uh, the locusts being the big issue uh, about these genetically engineered locusts that are going to make uh, the world go into a famine. And uh, yeah, I, and I, the callbacks in this movie, I thought were not heavy handed. I thought they were like yeah. really well done. Just like perfect small nods. Like, you know, uh, Sam Neill, like I just wish I could see more of that character and Ellie Sadler. Just like, they were just so great together. Um, you know, and it had like just enough heart, like the chemistry between the two of them and the love story that developed, it developed naturally and organically and it didn't feel forced. And they did so much with so little, like when she was like, when she thought they were going to die and she was expressing regret, like, I can't believe I, I brought you out here. You were happy in your element and blah, blah, blah. And he interrupts her and he's like, Ellie, I wasn't happy. You know what I mean? Like that just said, like, it just, you could get chills. Like it just spoke volumes. Um, And I thought it was, like I said, like I would love a sequel to this movie uh, with, you know, both, both sets of characters either reunited or, you know, somebody can write some crazy story that gets them all together again. With the cast of the Fast and Furious. Right. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Like how you think. So clearly, Best movie of all time. Yeah, best movie of all time, which is funny because going into it, this movie has been getting extremely poo-pooed on this week. 
this week, the headlines were all very negative about how horrible this movie was. I didn't read anything because I was like, I didn't go past it. I was like, I'm not reading it. I want to make my own decision. And I'm glad I did because I loved this movie. And and we watched it. And at the end, we're like, what's with all the, like, why is this movie getting such negative press? Like, it is exactly what you would expect, but but well done. Like, it's not like the last one where it's like, well, I guess it was another another Jurassic Park movie. Like, I get it. But this was different enough that it made it. Like right. better it's not it's not just the same same old same old uh, yeah so all right. all right listeners notes questions answers comments suggestions remember if you want to be a part of the show email us podcast at pencinema.com let's start off with a review from goonies jason who saw crimes of the future he says first seven minutes and last 20 all hype everything in the middle is just bizarre I can see I can see why people walked out, but personally, I don't see the big deal. Who walked out? I don't know. The people at Cannes walked out. Did they really? We talked oh, about this yeah, when we watched right. the trailer. Yeah, they they uh, it like created a buzz because it was so like violent and disturbing images and all this kind of stuff. And um, did we talk about? I, I saw Jason and he asked me about, or no, he texted me and asked me about this movie and I gave him your review of the movie, right? You gave him a review of men. Right. Yeah. Which could be the same thing. Eh? <laughs> so what happened was Jason asked me what I thought of this movie and I said, I haven't seen it, but David saw it and hated it. Yeah. And then I explained a little bit more in depth of why you hated it. And then later Jason saw David and was like, oh, I heard you hated Crimes of the Future. And David was like, I never saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and there was some confusion that i was like no i think he easily got it confused with men yeah yeah so go ahead and ask me again about <laughs> about movies and i'll give you somebody's review of a totally uh, different movie <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my review of toy story for, yeah, that for right. schindler's list <laughs> yeah. uh, we also heard from frodo who had some new names for the fast and furious 11 Mm. Fast and Furious 11, park your car, Navor. Oh, uh, that's like a double-double because park could also be like Jurassic Park. Yeah, like yeah, like put the animal and in the park. Car, Navor. <laughs> and uh, uh. she said Fast and Furious 11, survival of the human race. Vroom, vroom. Now, I think that she said in her email what I'm thinking. Yeah. Which is that both of those titles are like pretty good, like okay, but I think you hit the perfect title. Like nobody's going to touch Fast and Furious Eleven: Race to Extinction. <laughs> yeah, I just In love case this so is, much. <laughs> that it was, it was so good. I mean, just absolutely like perfect. And in case you didn't listen last week or the week before, whenever it was. Uh, now, of course, we have coming up on the calendar: Fast Ten Your Seatbelts. Yeah which is the title that David gave to Fast and Furious number 10. And then we were talking about Fast and the Furious 11 being a crossover film between <sighs> Jurassic Park and Fast and Furious. And then we were coming up with what would the title of the film be? Yeah. And David said, Fast and Furious 11, The Race to Extinction. <laughs> because then you have D Jurassic World 5 finish the race. Ah, uh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then Joel Codes. This was my letter of the week. This okay. was just so perfect. We were talking in a previous episode about when somebody's known for like a super iconic role. Um, 
Who was I? I was talking about what's his face. What was that guy's name? Um, but he was from Harry Potter, and I referred to him as being Ray Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, I, I, he's he's. Would you say the Harry Potter role is his most famous, like iconic role? Right. I would say it's it's probably one of his most iconic roles, but I don't think I don't I can't say it's his most famous. He has some pretty yeah. good, you know, famous roles. So. I referred to him as the guy from the Budapest, the French, no, from the French Dispatch. Yeah. No, from the Grand, Grand Budapest. He's from the Grand, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. So anyway, so we challenged our listeners and uh, Joel Coates came up with the perfect one. And he wrote in and he said, Harrison Ford, you know, that guy from Firewall. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That was absolutely perfect because Harrison, I mean, pick, pick your iconic role for Harrison Ford. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, I mean, a right. million. Firewall? Right. Not Come Firewall. On. Yeah. Clear and Present Danger. We also have a new the iTunes. Fugitive. A new iTunes review to read. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a good one. I hope it's good. I hope it's good. This one comes from a good friend of ours. Uh, and, you know, you'll recognize her writing. It's Frodo. She writes in for a five-star review. Says it really clears out the synapses. Originally, I found the show by happenstance, and because I'm the kind of girl who likes to slow down at accidents, I had fun. (laughs) She said, love these two. Turns out finding the show was a blessing in disguise. Granted, a very good disguise. (laughs) The Penn Cinema Podcast delivers commentary on cinema with a peccable sense of humor and quality that can only be described with words. I love that so much. (laughs) Overall, a solid quote unquote, not bad. Sure. Some people might think, think that me saying that would call into question whether or not I know what the word bad means, but I say, listen to the Penn cinema podcast. (laughs) That was so good. Thanks Frodo. (laughs) That's gold. I love it. Absolutely love it. So oh good. my goodness. David, you know what? Can we just pause for a moment and look ahead to the 4th of July? Oh, please. Downton Abbey is going to still be on screen. Uh-oh. Doctor Strange is still going to be on screen. Yeah. Top Gun, Jurassic World, Lightyear, yeah. Elvis. Like, oh my God. How, do, you have enough, do you have enough screens for all these movies? Well, we have no. And then we have all these movies that I just named. And then Minions opens on July 1st. How about that Minions thing at the beginning of Jurassic World? That was great. Oh, I thought that was gold. Yeah. First of all, it was super. So this is a great example. That you're, Thank you for reminding me because I wanted to talk about that. It's a great example of a studio that actually did something that like makes perfect common sense. Right. Like it was a really smart, it was really well done. It's exactly what a regular person would, you know, say, oh, the studio has two big movies coming up. They should, and it's just so good. There's a, it's a, it's a mashup of animated Jurassic World interacting with the minions. And I, I'm not even going to try to do justice to what happens, but it's amusing and it's very short and it's cute. And then at the end, there's like a little slide that says, Enjoy Jurassic World. We'll see you in a couple weeks for the Minions. Yeah. And I just thought that was so smart. I mean, it was clever. It was amusing. It had entertainment value. 
but um, it was also like from a marketing, from a business point of view, I thought it was a really smart move. So kudos to you, Universal Studios. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember where we're going, but are you ready to? Well, do I wanted to ask you, oh, yeah. what are you watching? What are you doing? What are you reading? Thanks. Thank you for reaching out. Um, I am currently, uh, well, I've been watching Doctor Who. So I've decided mm-hmm. I want to like get back into to doing that thing. Um, and uh, I've been enjoying that. Also, I want to say Paper Girls, they announced, they put out some stuff that's a new series coming out on Amazon. You should definitely check it out. Soon. Soon. And the pictures look really good. Um, also, Miss Marvel started this week, which I totally forgot was a thing that was happening. So I thought that wasn't until next month. I watched the first episode of that, and I thought, all right, fine. And I've been reading uh, the Children of Dahara series by Terry Brookheimer, and, or not Terry Brookheimer, by Terry Brooks. And uh, I'm almost done, and it's fantastic. Uh, it's one of the last things he did before passing away. So mm. um, that's what I've been into this week. How about you? I told you a few weeks ago I started watching The Staircase. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I continue to be hooked on that. I Do you get, do you get like, um, I don't want to use the word stuck because that has like a negative feel to it. But do you like um, find yourself on staying on one like p- streaming platform? Like everything that I've been watching is all off of HBO. Yeah. You know, and then I feel like I'll get in a Netflix rut, rut for a while, yeah. and then I'll get on a Prime. You know, whatever. I, I, I and and some sometimes there, I feel like I bounce around to all the different platforms, and I can't really settle on anything. But I've just been like really enjoying HBO, so I'm I'm loving Staircase. I also got back into the flight attendant, and it's interesting. I know I know this has happened to you because I've heard you talk about it. Like I started watching the flight attendant, and I wasn't into it, and I was like, oh, it's kind of lame. And I, I set it aside. I came back to it. And now I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is so good. And it's fresh and it's interesting. And it's the acting is great. And it's just funny how like one day you can look at a show and not want anything to do with it and, you know, turn it off after halfway into the first episode. And then another time you watch it and you're like totally into it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I guess just because I was on HBO and I'm not really sure how like it happened, but I started back at the beginning at the beginning of Game of Thrones. Have you and seen have, the whole series? I have, and well, no, I I did not make it through the final season because I got too confused because it wasn't coming out consistently enough. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then I tried to, I tried to like um, start at the beginning of the final season and like binge the whole thing, but even then I was confused. So what I've done now is I went all the way back to season one, episode one. I've now completed the first season and I'm going to start in on the second season and try to get myself to the conclusion of the, uh, of the franchise. Nice. Game of Thrones is such a good show to, to like binge. Like it just flows yeah. so well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. Cool. Well, next week we're going to watch Lightyear. Eh? Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear. To infinity. And that's it. No, that's, that's where they stop. It doesn't go, further, doesn't go any further than infinity. Right. That's it. Because the end before, before he meets Woody, yeah. his tagline is to infinity and nowhere else. Yeah. That's my limit folks. 
right. <laughs> I am setting boundaries. I'm taking care of myself. I'm watching what I eat and I'm going to infinity and that's it. And Woody's like, have you thought about beyond? <laughs> what about, how would you feel about beyond? <laughs> and he's like, beyond me? Right. No, 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 no. No. Oh, David, don't be making vegan jokes. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be accused of being political again. <laughs> <laughs> some more uh, of that liberal bs yeah too much of that liberal bs yeah. well yeah i'm looking forward to light years so this is gonna be fun so yeah cool all right well look if you want to be a part of the show the number one way mm. to do that is to email us podcast at pencinema.com or head on over to our facebook page and be part of the conversation over there uh so that's the best way to like be a part of the show but if you want to support the show What's the number one way to do that? <laughs> well, the number one way is tell a friend. Okay. But but what a lot of people are doing lately, because, you know, David, the world's a little nutty. Yeah. Am I right? Like, well, sometimes I mean, you feel a, like a nut. And sometimes, and you, sometimes don't. you don't. Yeah. But, like, it's not just me, right? The world is like, we're a little off right now, right? We're, yeah. we're in a tough patch. Yeah. I think... I think our humanity is, like, in a tough patch. So what a lot of people have been doing to try to correct this... I'm not saying that the Penn Cinema podcast can like correct all the things that are wrong with the world, but certainly it have put us in the right direction. Right? <laughs> the, the Wall Street Journal has said that multiple times. Right, right. <laughs> and the Times. Both yeah. of them have reported as such. So what, what a lot of people are doing in the spirit of trying to correct our course here is, you know, it would be really easy to tell a friend about the Penn Cinema podcast, but what a lot of people are doing to try to turn the ship around is they're telling their enemies. So they're telling <laughs> their like sworn enemies. Yeah. Right. So like that, that person that you can't stand, like break the bread, drop them a note and be like, Hey, listen, do yourself a favor and listen to the Penn Cinema podcast. Are you, you know, and, and then you can throw like a bag of rocks at them. Do you ever do like a little, do they think they do a little reverse psychology <laughs> you better not listen to the Pencil right. podcast. That's my thing. Right, that's my show. Yeah. Imagine imagine if we only had like a finite number of listens. <laughs> like like if, if every week like we released a hundred listens. Yeah. Period. That's right. Evermore. And, and it only went to like the first people like, like and then people would be like not telling anybody. And, <laughs> it's mine. My own. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, so so help us help humanity. And tell your enemies about the Penn Cinema podcast. Perfecto mundo. Or if you want to do like just amuse us, yeah. write us in about your enemies. Because yeah. I love like having a good arch enemy. Like you <laughs> should have – everybody should have a good villain in their life. Or at least if you don't have a good villain in your life, you should at least have a good grudge that you're carrying. <laughs> <laughs> so, podcast at PennCinema.com. Tell us about your grudges. And listen – if you graduated from Mannheim Central High School, Whoa. I already know that you are a champion grudge holder because they teach that shit in that school district. Like they started at kindergarten. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm married to a I'm married to a graduate. Oh my and, gosh! And her and all of her Mannheim Central friends not only do they hold grudges for literally forever, but they also will if they don't think that you are holding a grudge sufficiently. 
<laughs> they, will, <laughs> they will hold a grudge on your behalf. <laughs> I'll never forgive them for you. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually have literally had a friend of mine who graduated from Mannheim Central come up to me, and, or we were talking about so and so, and he said to me, "Well, I'm I I can't stand them." And I said, "Why not?" And they said, "Because of that thing they did to you in 1996." <laughs> 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 and I'm like, "I don't even remember." It. And they're like, "Well, you should be a little more upset about it than you are." <laughs> <laughs> you should be as upset as I am. <laughs> right? Exactly. So yeah, if you don't have a good villain, hopefully you have a good grudge yeah. that you're holding. I, I sometimes, this is a true story. This is absolute fact. Sometimes when somebody, because I have a terrible, as you know, I have a terrible memory, right? Yeah. Sometimes when somebody pisses me off and I want to remember to hold a grudge, I will literally write it down on a sticky note and put it on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> what I do, the reason why I do it that way is because I want to be able to throw it back in their face a year later and I want to remember the film that we were fighting over. So I'll write down like so-and-so such and such title, March of 2021. <laughs> then I'll like stick it on my computer <laughs> and make sure that I like hold on to it, you know, for a good long time. Oh, and man. It, it was all funny games until Drew suggested that maybe somebody somewhere has a quote from me on their computer. <gasps> Never. I, was like, well, they, I was like, well, they should practice forgiveness. The only way peace is forgiveness. <laughs> it's a one-way street. That's it, baby. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, once again for the Pensima Podcast, I'm David Moulton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. Take care. Take care and, and party, party on. on. <laughs> Got that good remote lag going. Yeah. <laughs> the sign off. <laughs>